the Edmonton Oilers struggle in five-on-five, you say? You know who doesn't struggle in five-on-five? The Minnesota Wild. We take a look at tonight's matchup against the Oilers today on Locked on Wilds. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen every day. And just as a reminder, Locked On Wild is free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. The holidays are right around the corner, and finding the perfect gift is tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgivable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter NHL into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. On today's episode of Locked on Wild, Tom Gazzola of the Oilers pre- and post-game show joins to preview tonight's matchup against Edmonton. We look at some of the areas that the Oilers have really been good in, some areas they've struggled as we preview tonight's big game. We also take a look at which former Minnesota Wild coach in a new spot has the best chance to turn their teams around. We're, of course, talking about Bruce Boudreaux and Mike Yo. So plenty to discuss on today's episode of Locked on Wild. And joining today's episode of Locked on Wild is Tom Gazzola, who hosts pre- and post-game coverage for the Edmonton Oilers, previewing what should be a dandy of a matchup between Edmonton and Minnesota. Tom, first off, before we dive into the game, thanks for joining. How are things? Things are good. It's cold here, Seth. Uh, the snow doesn't crunch beneath your feet. It's so cold it squeaks, and the most irritating sound in the world. So if people are wondering how things are going in Edmonton, cold as expected and uh the team in the last couple of games cold not expected but it has been that way so there's a tie in there and we'll see what this game is like if it's a hot one on the ice should be a dandy i hope it is like you said but uh everything's fine man the Oilers pre post game show you know we're trying to make sure everyone knows that the uh, sky isn't falling uh however there are some things that are areas of concern for this team i know we're going to get into it yeah, let's let's just start. I know last year um, it seemed like there was frustration with uh, another early playoff exit that the roster just needed to have some life injected into it, needed to get McDavid and Dryside a little bit of help. Uh, obviously off to a, uh, a good start, one of the top teams in the Western Conference so far this year. So just take us through some of the moves that led to Edmonton getting a little bit of assistance for two of the top guys in the NHL. Yeah, the, the big one was Zach Hyman, no doubt about that. I mean, he's he's been great uh, the entire season, and just his ability to retrieve pucks, work hard, score ugly goals, that's something that the Oilers haven't been able to really do. Like, they're known for essentially passing pucks into the net, and that's great. It's pretty. It's fun to watch. But when it comes down to it and you need guys to just muck ugly goals because they all count the same, they didn't really have that element. So – they bring in Hyman. He's been a great compliment to McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins, and so on. Yessi Pugliarvi, I mean, this is an internal addition. He came back to the team last year, but 
He's taken another step too, which has been excellent. Still a young guy. There's still nights where you're like, ah, he's not really giving you much. Uh, another guy that came in that I think people were iffy about, but I think truly does contribute and helps solidify the top nine up front is Warren Fogle. And part of the reason why people didn't like the trade is because Ethan Barrow was beloved here in Edmonton, uh, first nations kid drafted, you know, mid rounder and they kind of developed him and, really likable just a very nice guy and he had a good year a couple of seasons ago and and that really got people uh, into his corner and and they had to give up Ethan Bear to get Warren Fogle and that was also to make room for Evan Bouchard who's finally a, a full-timer on the back end and he's had a pretty good start to his NHL career I mean I know it's been there's been a couple of years where he's been up and down with the team started on the team after the draft and was sent down after I think nine games, you know how they like to do that. Um, so yeah. And then the other thing, Duncan Keith and Cody CC have actually been pretty steady on the back end. Uh, not a lot of people like the Keith move. They gave up, gave up Caleb Jones in the third rounder and, you know, Duncan Keith's a pretty old defenseman, especially in NHL years and uh, Cody CC, you know, people were not over the moon about it, especially after losing Adam Larson, but, He's delivered. So those two, um, both out right now, but they've been good when they've been in. Um, obviously, having McDavid and Drysaddle is a huge luxury. I'm I'm sure it, it's fun to watch them on a nightly basis. But I can say this because I took Leon Drysaddle in my fantasy team um, with my first pick. A, a great pick, <laughs> no lie. But. It seems like he has found a way to elevate his game to where he is, you know, early on almost a two-point-per-night guy. And as if it seemed possible for him to be able to do that, is he doing anything different, or is it just a really, really hot start? Hot start. Uh, the guy's brimming with confidence. You know, he's got McDavid, his wingman, if you will, and those two are magic together, and... I think, you know, Drysaddle, it was interesting. It was like his second or third year in the league, and Todd McClellan told everyone, he's like, I had a conversation with Leon Drysaddle, and I said, don't be afraid to be the best player on the ice. Just because Connor McDavid's here doesn't mean you can't strive to be the best player on the ice. And I think he really took that to heart because uh, obviously when he's with McDavid or Nugent Hopkins, they complement each other, but just that – that knowledge and ability to see what he's capable of doing to, to go out there and perform and, and get those results. It's, it's been spectacular to watch Seth. And, and so he's just got that confidence where, you know, he's going to get an opportunity. He's going to bury it. He can create on his own. He can be a guy that drives his own line. And um, it's, it's turned into him being the leading point getter in the national hockey league. Don't get me wrong. I still think, Connor McDavid is probably the best player in the world, but dry settles right there. And it's just a formidable one, two punch. And, and to your point, uh, good job picking him up because uh, Leon's going to put up the numbers just as much as Connor is. And, and those two together, as we've seen for years now is just dynamite. Before I move on to some areas where the, uh, the Oilers have, you know, not been as good this year. And uh, especially recently as recently, as you mentioned, a little bit of a skid coming into this matchup. Anybody else in particular that is super flown under the radar? I mean, it, it's easy to do with having two of guys of that caliber, but anybody that has really helped this team get off to such a good start? 
Yeah, the, I mean, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, uh, he's, he's a household name, and he's been great. I mean, uh, you'd like to see him score more goals. He's only got two goals through 23 games, but uh, the, the assists are there. The second assists are definitely there on the power play, but you got to be pretty good to be able to, to do what he's doing. So he's a guy that gets some negative flack. He's been around here so long. He's been through the losing, and, you know, some fans – it's Edmonton, man. You know how people are diehard hockey fans here. They know everything. You can't hide much from them. And he's kind of taken some heat lately, but really his, his points are good. Five on five is an issue, uh, not just for Nugent Hopkins and his point totals, but everybody that we know that the five on five play isn't where it needs to be to make this team a, a true contender, although it is early in the season, but Nugent Hopkins has been solid. Jesse Pugliarvi, again, taking another step, which has been great. And, and those two, I think, have really helped catapult this team to the top of the Pacific Division, although they're fighting with Calgary. They've got a couple teams behind them, but there's been guys like that that have had really good years. Darnell Nurse hasn't been putting up the points. Uh, he's still got a respectable amount. He was injured for a little while, just came back the other night against the Kings, and, and he's been steady. I mean, 25 minutes a night, Seth, and he's, he's shutting it down. He does make mistakes because he's out there a lot. He plays in every situation, but... He's a guy that got a huge ticket in the offseason with a great contract. I think he saw what Seth Jones got, and him and his agent were thinking cha-ching, and they saw the money signs in their eyes as soon as they saw that deal signed, and they cashed in, and now he's got to live up to that contract. But he's been good. And uh, so it's not just McDavid Dreisaitl. They've got good players on this team that are contributing, um, but there's some flaws. There's definitely some flaws on this roster. And uh, let's let's dive into those uh, because, you know, as I mentioned before we hit record, when I was doing a little bit of looking into the stats for Edmonton, I would not have believed that five on five was an issue. But we'll uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more as we continue to preview tonight's matchup between the Minnesota Wild and the Edmonton Oilers with Tom Gazzola next here on Locked on Wilds. You don't know true happiness until you've seen someone open up a package of Omaha steaks. And the holidays are right around the corner, and finding the perfect gift is going to be a little tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. So head to omahasteaks.com and enter NHL into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. For $99.99, you'll get 24 entrees like the world-famous bacon-wrapped filet mignons, chicken breasts, sides, desserts, and so much more. When you use the code NHL, you'll also get an additional eight Omaha Steaks burgers free with your order. We've all heard about the reports of shortages and shipping delays, so don't wait. Order the perfect gift package today at omahasteaks.com, and you'll receive eight free burgers when entering the code NHL. Achieve gift-giving greatness with Omaha Steaks. Incredible flavors, incredible value, and 100% guaranteed. OmahaStakes.com keyword NHL. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all that brain power too. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all that knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Plus, get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. 
Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild. And once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen every day. Seth Topol joined by Tom Gazzola previewing the matchup against Edmonton tonight. And Tom, we teased it before the break. Five on five has been an issue for Edmonton, which honestly shocks me. But um, has it been anything in particular that has led to the team having so much trouble in even strength as they have? They're their own worst enemy. Seth, they, they shoot themselves in the foot. It's uh, slow starts. Five on five, they get scored on early. Uh, Nico Koskinen has allowed the first shot of the game to go in. He's allowed the second shot to go in a couple of times, the third shot a couple of times, the fourth shot. So, you know, it's almost like this is the discussion we're having right now on my show on TSN radio here in Edmonton or, or wherever. It's, it's like, why are they having these slow starts? Is it a mental thing? Is it the coaching staff not getting them ready? Um, and it's all happening five on five, essentially. And so they're, they're getting into holes really early in games. And, you know, I, I look at it and I'm, I, I jot notes while I'm watching games, whether I'm in the arena or watching the road games from studio or at home, whatever. And I seem to be putting on my notes every first period, very sloppy start, can't connect on passes in their own zone, turnovers at their own blue line. And it, it's almost like clockwork from game one of the start of the regular season to now we're, we're 23 going into 24 games. Uh, it's almost every night where it takes them 10, 15, or like the other night against the Kings, 30 minutes to actually wake up, start snapping nice crisp passes, good outlets, uh, winning board battles. And, and I think that that's kind of been one of the things that's been a key to their five on five uh, lackluster play is, is they just, they're not sharp. You know, they're waiting for a power play to get that goal or they, they get in a hole. They've allowed the first goal 14 times in the 23 games that they've played. Now they're seven and seven in those games because they dig themselves out of it. They take advantage of the power plays a short, shorthanded they've got four shorthanded goals so they're always dangerous but you know you can't be down night after night after night and then expect it not to affect the outcome of games and especially now where teams kind of have a an idea of what the order's mo is and and we've seen dallas did it a week and a half ago we saw it in seattle on friday la did it to a certain extent they just smother the oilers they smother them they take away their time and space they're on the defense and and they know that that's going to lead to turnovers that's going to lead to great chances uh in high danger areas and guess what when your goalie's not making the the first save or not stopping shot three four five sometimes um that usually leads to an early lead for the opposition and, and a good start and then the others are so dangerous that they do battle their way out of it most of the time but you can't keep doing it and expecting success. Uh, it's just a recipe for disaster. And here we are, first two games slide, and uh, we've got some listeners and viewers and people calling in and texting in thinking that the sky's falling, but it's not. They're, they're going to be okay. First time all year they've dropped two in a row. Yeah, and you know the measure of a good team is handling adversity like this and, uh, and being able to overcome it. I did want to talk a little bit about the last couple of games for the Oilers. You mentioned... The, uh, the loss to the Kings, a 5-1 loss that um, had a couple of goals scored. Uh, McDavid taking a, uh, a five-minute major, and uh, the Kings able to capitalize that on that a couple of times. Um, 
take me through a little bit of, of what happened there. And, uh, you know, was it simply just kind of losing control of the, uh, of the game for the, uh, the Oilers against LA? Yeah, it, Essentially, it was a 2-1 game until that five-minute major that McDavid got. I think there was around six minutes left when he uh, he took that penalty boarding on Adrian Kepi. It was a bad hit, poorly timed, poor decision-making. McDavid was mad. Kempe uh, interfered with him prior to that, and he was trying to defend himself. Uh, ultimately, it cost them. So it was a 2-1 game, and, and like I was saying earlier, like the Oilers took him half an hour, Seth, to really – get into the game they had nothing in the first 30 minutes they were down to nothing uh that was after again allowing an early goal just two minutes in third shot of the game goes in on miko koskinen uh, and then the kings added another goal and then darnell nurse scores a shorthanded goal beautiful goal fantastic the Oilers had some great jump in the last 10 minutes of the second period couldn't convert couldn't take advantage of power plays and in the third the kings just when they got to center, they dumped it in. They made Edmonton come back 200 feet every single time. And then frustration got the better of McDavid, takes that penalty. Kempe gets cleaned up uh, after it was reviewed. The penalty was reviewed. It was indeed a five-minute major. Guess what? Scores on that power play. They ended up scoring three times on the power play. It was over. Like the goals, Trevor Moore's goal was ugly. Uh, you know, it was just they knew it was over basically. So it ends up looking a lot uglier than it really was. But having said that, even though it truly wasn't a five, one game, it was much closer. The Oilers didn't have a lot of jump at all. It was a dead night in the building on the ice in the stands. It was just this really weird uh, lack of energy overall on a Sunday night at Rogers place. It it was strange. And uh, the result was there and five, one, um, you know, that's the final score, but a closer game than you would think it would be, but they didn't play well. That's for sure. You know, you, uh, you mentioned a lot of things that Edmonton has struggled with this year. And I, I keep thinking in my head, I'm like, okay, the wilds have done that on occasion. The wild have done that on occasion. So let's, um, let's take a look at just some of the things head to head to look for in this matchup. Then we'll finish with just a few uh, notes from the NHL. Plenty of news that's happened over the uh, the last couple of days for anybody that's say. yeah anybody that's keeping track. So we'll finish our chat with Tom Gazzola next here on Locked On Wilds. If you've got money on the line, BetOnline.ag has you covered. They've got more props, odds, and lines than ever before as the NFL season continues its march to the playoffs. BetOnline.ag remains your number one spot for all of your favorite sports action this season. So check out their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code LOCKDOWN to receive that welcome bonus. From the NBA, the NCAA, football and college football, the NHL, boxing and UFC, all the way down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. We are gearing up for tonight's matchup between the Wild and the Oilers. Once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen every day. Uh, Tom, I just wanted to kind of run a few things by you in terms of this matchup tonight. You obviously mentioned... Um, that 
the Oilers struggle being kind of pushed around at points. Um, I think I got a way then to try to at least slow down Connor McDavid. And it is the, uh, the new tough boys of the, uh, the Minnesota wild, the Jewel Erickson, Marcus Foligno and Jordan Greenway line. They like to bully people. I'm not going to lie. I mean, uh, Greenway is a monster. I remember when Josh Archibald laid him out, and I'm like, Josh Archibald's maybe 5'10", maybe. <laughs> and Greenway is just a huge human being, and I remember that big hit. It led to a wild goal. That was a couple seasons ago. But I was like, that tells you how much of a punch uh, Josh Archibald can can uh, throw it, but he doesn't. Uh, he's not playing, obviously. He had myocarditis, didn't want to get vaccinated. You know, his future is in limbo. We don't know where he's – so he's nowhere to be seen on this Oilers roster this season. And you you can push around the Oilers to a certain extent. They have some big-body guys. They'll they'll fight back, but there's certainly no bullies on this Oilers team. So if Foligno, Greenway, Eric Zanek want to run around, they probably will be able to. And if that slows the Oilers up, you know, then that's a good strategy to, to get in Edmonton's head. Um, I'm curious to see if they try to go that route or if they just try to to use the old ground and pound, get it deep and, and get on the Oilers' defense because the Oilers' defense is pretty depleted. Um, you know, no Duncan Keith, no Cody Cece. He's going to be coming out of COVID protocol right away here. No Slater Cuckoo. Darnell Nurse just came back from a broken finger. So there's a recipe for success against Edmonton, and it does involve playing them physically. And so if that line wants to run roughshod on the Oilers, it'll probably be effective, to be honest with you. I like the uh, the earth, wind, and fire approach because uh, Kirill Kaprizov starting to get things going. And it's so weird because like he wasn't scoring goals per se to start the year, but he still was he was still playing pretty well. And now the points are coming in bunches. He's got 18 in his last nine games. Um do you have any idea as to how the Oilers are going to attempt to uh, slow him down? Um, well, I mean, you'll hear them say, we got to take away his time and space, guaranteed, uh, put money on it. <laughs> you know, you would assume that you'll see a lot of Darnell Nurse up against him. Um, Nurse is clearly the best defender on this team. You know, if, if CeCe and Keith were in action, they might get that uh, assignment a little bit. But, you know... The other thing too, Seth, is like if the Wild want to let Kaprizov run run wild, for lack of a better term, <laughs> or or run and gun, Edmonton will oblige. Like they don't have any problem obliging in that regard. They'll they'll go they'll go end to end with any team, and and as we've seen, they've got some of the best that can do it. Um, so that is enticing to me to watch this game to see if that's the type of game we see, or if we get one of those boring structured games, but. I hope not. This isn't the same Minnesota Wild from five years ago, 10, 15, 20 years ago. And I like to see those electric plays. So by all means, open it up and let's enjoy covering it because it makes it a hell of a lot more fun for us to cover and it makes it a hell of a lot more fun for the fans to watch it. Yeah, I, w- I wanted to ask you on that point too. Obviously, a 4-3 to three shootout win over Toronto is going to turn some heads. And as you said... I don't think that's a game that previous wild seasons are able to win, even having a three nothing lead. Um, what what is the steam Ben that you've seen? Are are the wild finally starting to get a little bit of that national recognition after now having one of those statement wins 
in kind of a primetime slot against a really good Maple Leafs team. Yeah, uh, good on them, especially at a time where the Leafs are rolling. Although it was fun to see the fireworks in Winnipeg the other night. That was great. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes a good old, good old fashioned brouhaha goes a long way, and you've seen the coaches get into it too. It, it it is kind of a head turner where you're like, wow, Minnesota's a fun team to watch all of a sudden, and they never were, uh, as I mentioned before. And you know, back in the day, the uh, the trap and the slow, methodical games that they would play, especially on a on a Tuesday night in late uh, January or December, like we're getting into here. You're like, oh my god, it's a Tuesday, it's freezing cold, and the Wild are in town. That's not the case anymore. You're like, I'm looking forward to seeing what this team has in store. So, I like that. I think it the team is getting some attention in that regard. Um, if it can continue to have success and do it in a electrifying way then it'll get more recognition and then we won't have to just see you know the same six teams on national broadcasts in the u.s uh you know that we got used to seeing the chicago's pittsburgh's new york's phillies and and so on every weekend uh on nbc i know they're not part of the package anymore but yeah maybe minnesota can sneak in there by by turning some heads and and i like it and and the other guy, too, that I really enjoy seeing having success is Cam Talbot. Really good dude when he was here in Edmonton. He broke Grant Fear's record for wins in a season in the 16-17 season. And to see him bounce back, uh, get his career back on track is, is absolutely fantastic. And, you know, there aren't a lot of guys you root for. You, you have a certain professional uh, relationship with them. But, you know, Cam Talbot's one of those guys where you're like, damn, good job, Talbot's like, uh, one of those guys you could really like and appreciate what he's doing. So it's nice to see that as well. Yeah, and you know his the image of him after stuffing that final shootout goal against the Maple Leafs and he fist pumps. Yeah, uh, that's one of the highlights of the season so far, I think, because he's been just the consummate professional since he's been here. He's been a, a great teammate to the uh, the rest of the guys, and those guys are the easiest to root for. He he's one of those guys, salt of the earth. Uh, nothing but good things to say about Cam Talbot. Legit, he's legit, and he got run out of town here. Uh, you know, after the Oilers went to the you know second round in in 2017, um, the team was kind of dismantled a little bit. There were some moves that were made, and especially in the bottom six up front, where it really weakened the team. And uh, you know, Talbot was on some nights. Seth, he was stuck trying to make two, three, four or five saves in a row. And, you know, the third rebound would finally go in and you're just like, well, it's not on this guy. And, uh, you know, that ushered in the Miko Koskinen era, which has been interesting to say the least. And uh, Cab Talbot, uh, you know, found his way to, to stay relevant in the National Hockey League. So I, I like seeing him have success with the Wild, that's for sure. Final one for you, Tom. And again, we appreciate the time tremendously here today. Uh, a couple of former Wild coaches getting installed as interim head coaches uh, in both Vancouver and Philly as uh, Mike Yo now helming the Flyers. And Bruce Boudreau is back not only for this year, but next year as well in Vancouver. If you had to pick one of those spots to, uh, to get a little bit of some juice from a new voice who do you think has the better chance to uh, to turn it around I think Mike Yo in Philly that's a better team just flat out better roster than what the Canucks have uh, there's a plethora of issues with the Canucks right now and 
what Jim Benning put together in terms of a roster and what Travis Green had to work with, just not good enough. And that that situation for Bruce Boudreau, you know, will be interesting to see if he can give them a little bump and get them going. But he doesn't have a ton to work with in Vancouver. Whereas you look at Philly and a couple of years ago, they were a pretty damn good team. And so I think Mike Yo has a good chance. Obviously, his relationship with Chuck Fletcher helps as well. So I, if I were to pick one of the two to have more success, it would definitely be Yo in Philly. Um, as we like to call him at TSN 1260, Filthy Bruce, taking over <laughs> behind the bench in, in Vancouver will certainly make it much more exciting uh, in the Pacific Division, especially when the Oilers and Canucks lock horns and uh, our morning guy, Dusty Nielsen, has some fantastic audio <laughs> that uh, Bruce Boudreau is such a character, obviously a great coach, has had a ton of success, and uh, he was in Slapshot. Uh, I was on NHL Network with him a couple months ago. He, absolutely fun to be on there with him. Um, but yeah, we, we love Filthy Bruce, so it'll provide plenty of ammunition and, and some nice audio clips for sure at least in our, uh, in our neck of the woods. Most definitely. Uh, Tom, thank you so much for joining the show today. Looking forward to a great game uh, here between the Oilers and the Wilds. Uh, we'll have to do this again as we uh, get closer to that second matchup. I think we got at least one more this year. Oh, yeah. So uh, we'll have to do it again, but uh, enjoy the game, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks for having me on, Seth. Enjoy the game yourself. That is going to wrap it up for today's episode of Locked on Wild. Now that your first listen of the day is done, make sure to make your second listen Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Locked on Bets is free and available on all platforms, just like Locked on Wild. Make sure to follow and listen wherever you listen to podcasts, Check us out on social media as well. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. We are there. We are everywhere. Trying to keep you as up to date on Minnesota Wild Hockey as we possibly can. If a puck drops in the state of Minnesota, Lockdown Wild has you covered with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Lockdown Podcast Network.